All right, here we go. So thanks, uh, you guys. Welcome to my podcast. This is the third one I'm doing, and as promised, I have a guest today. Uh, Matthew Iski is, I think I could say we're good friends. We've become good friends yes. over time. Yes, here. agreed. Good friends, yes. He's my mentor under 30. I, I always tell all you old people, like me, that you all have to have a mentor under 30 years old because it'll help you uh, helps you with technology, gives you a different perspective on life. I think sometimes we get locked into into a, a mindset with our age, and that's not good. So how you doing, Matthew? Good? Dude, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm proud of you for seeing you do this, and this is this is episode number three. And Yeah. I mean, it, when, anytime anybody's bringing something original into the world, you know, I think we need more of that. We need more people saying, like, oh, this is who I am, and this is what I want to do. I'm not just another realtor, another headshot, or another business. Um, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I, I, I believe in that so much. Yeah, and I am. Um, it's funny because I uh, was talking to. I hired a life coach actually, mm. because I think that I needed to get out of my own way. I think that was one of your statements to me. Yeah, and I think I need to brand myself. Well, I not even think. I know I need to brand myself differently. And <clears throat> we were just talking about reading. I think that I've read enough at this point. Not that I would not read again, but it's time to for some action, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of the story you know, but in my last podcast, I was talking about what's transpired over the last 90 days in my wife and I's life. So we went from living in Poway, where we grew up and went to high school, to moving to San Diego, selling our house, mm -hmm. um, getting into a neighborhood that we felt was more a future neighborhood instead of mm -hmm. a past neighborhood, I guess you could sure. say. Sure. Um, kind of changing our surroundings, changing the people. Um, not that I'm abandoning my friends or anything, but just changing kind of our, our perception of, you know, how yeah. things are going. Yeah. And one of the things I want to talk to you about today is, and I want to make sure that you talk about your business too, because sure. you me a favor and I want to do you the same. <laughs> you know, my four little pillars in my podcast here are limitations, overcoming those limitations, that storytelling Mm -hmm. This story that just happened in the last 90 days is going to prove to be important because we really manifested some thoughts that we had, right? We spoke about it. We mm -hmm. kind of got a picture in our mind and it's come to fruition. I mean, I can't believe I'm sitting in this new studio in my house, in this bitchin' house, in this bitchin' neighborhood. And um, I actually was supposed to do a podcast Monday or Tuesday and I broke my cardinal skin, uh, sin and did some, I made excuses, right? I was too tired one day. I was something. I just get so sick of that. So have you ever um, in your life, and, and I told you, I won't edit any of this. Um, so yeah, please don't. Watch your language. <laughs> please don't. Like, well, I mean, do, do you care if I cuss? Like I have to I, tell someone to watch their language. That's, that's the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just, you know, like you kind of taught me in the beginning just to make this organic and, you know, yeah. just kind of go where it goes. But uh, this manifesting thoughts, you know, have you ever heard of the secret, you know, yeah. everyone's heard yeah, of it. Yeah. I used to let my, have my kids listen to that. And they actually still quote stuff from that. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Like manifested a thought, had a thought in your mind and kind of the thing comes to, you know, comes to life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, see the, the problem that I have with the secret and with manifestation, like, don't get me wrong. It, it, I, I believe in it, but, I, but I think that it's, I, I think that it's talked about in the wrong way. I think it's not practical. I think that to think that you can just think about something over and over and over and it'll happen. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that you have to think about something over and over and over, but then you have to do the things that are going to get you closer to that. Well, and that's the whole you, point. 
funny you said that because the second sentence when I talked about manifesting thoughts is action, right? Yeah. Kind of like prayer. People will send out, um, people will send out prayer requests for something that they need or things like that. And then they sit there and wait, you know, and I even think religiously, not that we want to get off on that tangent that, you know, when God does talk about prayer, he's actually, you know, telling us to take some action, right? You have this nonprofit that yeah. you can talk about in a few minutes. And I work with the Knights. We can pray all we yeah. want. We can manifest things all we want. But if we don't take action, right. like if we wouldn't have put the house up for sale, it wasn't going to fucking sell, right? I mean, if the right. sign didn't go up and I didn't sign all this paper. Yeah. So no, definitely um, the way I would talk about it is that it takes massive action too. It's not just a little bit. It's not just changing, you know, what time you get up in the morning. It's massive action. And we've taken some. And I was just telling my wife a couple hours ago after hiring this gal, man, this is, I mean, well, I'll tell you in a year if this worked or not, right? I mean, we got yeah. we grew some giant huevos right now to, to jump off this cliff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I'm not 25 jumping off a cliff. I mean, yeah. But you know what, though, dude? I I don't feel a bit, no remorse, no anything right now. I just feel so excited that we're I'm finally doing something to brand myself. I should have done it 30 years ago. Good. Good. I, it's important. I mean... Like I said, I can't I can't speak to the to the over forty and what it feels like to be in that in that crowd and making changes in your life. But I mean, I, I think that the idea of prayer and manifestation are very similar. Is that it, it allows us to be able to see in our mind what it is that we want, so that we're not just aimlessly walking down the path, going, "I hope something gets better." It's like when you pray, or when you meditate, or or when you visualize, you're picturing picturing very clearly, like this is where I want to go. Yeah. And you have to do the things to get yourself there, but at least you're you're somewhat lined up, like you, your sights are dialed in, and you're looking at the target, as opposed to, you know, crossing your fingers and holding your breath and hoping something gets better. So sometimes some weird stuff happens. We had looked at this house, and the guy didn't want to have no dogs, you know, this mm -hmm. and that. So we went to another house the next day. We were by ourselves, and we looked at another place. It was nice. And for some reason, when I talked to the gal on the phone, the property manager, we hit it off right away. I don't even know. I, I wasn't even on the phone with her three minutes, but she liked <laughs> me and Kit. And I'm like, I don't know how you like, you didn't even know my wife. You know? <laughs> so we go to the other house and Kit's, you know, we're kind of thinking. And she says, I said, what, what house do you want? She says, I want the one we looked at yesterday, which is the one I'm sitting in. And mm -hmm. not 30 seconds later, the phone rang and we got the house. Yeah. That's kind of a weird, that was kind of, that was kind of happy. Happen, happen the way it was meant to, you know? Yeah, make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. But Right, right. Um, so the thing about being over 40, making changes like this, is you have generally got settled into your life, I guess. Um, you have responsibilities like kids and things like that. And, and you're in a routine. And so I guess it, it shouldn't make it harder. It should actually make it easier when you get older because you know your limitations, right? You know, but it goes backwards. Yeah. I'm always impressed with younger people who just, Oh, I'm just going to jump off the cliff. I said, well, there's, you know, there's rocks on the bottom. They're like, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. I'll miss the rocks. The water. <laughs> Whereas a, yeah. someone like me is like, no, I'm, I don't think if I can, I don't think I can clear the rocks. Right. Which I probably yeah. could, but I don't. Yeah. So no, it was just an interesting, interesting 90 days. So um, tell me, I want to hear about your two things. I want to hear about what you're doing with Poway Unified, if that's okay. that sure. I said that. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. Um, because I think it's, hugely important and it's something i'd want to get involved in possibly at some point well although they may look at me and go now nah, we'll stick with matthew he's 
so so how we unified it, it's an interesting story right i uh i actually cold called abraxas i have my nonprofit was providing education back in 2000 i want to say 18 um we're providing education to kids to prevent violence um and trafficking women and children what that meant is that we worked hands-on with the kids at the school and we have a full curriculum, a full course that's uh, self-defense mixed in with a lot of self-awareness and thought work to be able to make kids aware of some of the darkness in the world. Not from a, a scary, like, hey, somebody's out to get you kind of perspective, just like there's some bad things in this world. And there's probably some things that we should talk to you about so that you're less likely to encounter these things and that we can arm you with tools so that you can navigate the world. Yep. And we cold called Abraxas. They said, yeah, we're interested. We, we'd love to talk to you. So, I mean, this was before I knew the staff. This was before I taught there. And I, I met with the counselor and, and they ended up setting up a demo during school for us to work with some of their kids and just be like, hey, if the kids like it, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. So I, we did a demo there and the kids liked it. And for, for two quarters of the year, we provided education on campus um, for school, actual high school credit for the kids, which is a huge win for us as a foundation because we have a program that's actually worth high school credit and sure. they got education provided. And uh, one thing led to it next. And one of the teachers who's like a sister to me, she doesn't teach there anymore, but she uh, offered me a spot to volunteer in her class as kind of like a mentor or, a, or just a volunteer in the room. And that ended up me getting a position there as an instructional aide because I, I love that staff. I think it's I think they're the best educational staff in the in the country. One of the best educational staffs in the country. Um, the principal has a running list of every single student on on the campus and every single every single difficulty that they're, they're they're dealing with in their life. Running list of exactly who is dealing with what and how we can support them. What the conversation was like. He's huge on data. Just I I think they're a phenomenal staff. And uh, I ended up working as an instructional aide there for a year. And one thing led to the next. And there was, a, there was a guy that stumbled into a classroom that was from a department in the school district called CTE. I was talking in the class that I was volunteering in. And he said, hey, man, you should, uh, you should think about becoming a teacher. <laughs> and I, I, I laughed at him. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going back to college. School is not for me. Um, I would love to. I think it'd be great. But I just, I'm not going to go back to school to get a credential to do the student teaching program to, to just like reverse that much. It wasn't, it wasn't in my path. I, I, I didn't want to do it. And he said, no, if you, there's a program where if you have a certain amount of hours in an industry, it's like 3000 hours in five years. And if you, you can get a principal to say yes to hosting your class, then they'll give you a position. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Nice. So some time, some time goes by and I, I cold pitched the principal. I had a, there's a beautiful woman by the name of Noreen that helped me put together all the resources and, and formal educational stuff that I needed to know. And I sat down with the principal today. I think that an entrepreneurship program would do incredible here. I was an Abraxas kid. I, I barely graduated high school. I dropped out of college. I, I've been doing this uh, off the beaten path entrepreneurship thing my whole, my, my whole life. I mean, five years, six years. And um, I, I think it would be massively beneficial to the kids here. So now we fast forward about a year and a half and I'm a California state teacher. I teach two classes there on campus, um, both focusing on on entrepreneurship and helping helping kids be able to to see opportunity in the world and be able to decipher you know what their purpose and their value. A lot of the, a lot of what I teach is based around you know, like who are you? What do you want to do? Okay, what are the different advantages that that you have in the world? What are the different avenues that you can take? That did you, you actually might not have to, seen you said otherwise? You're a Braxis kid, did you actually go to a Braxis? No, no, I didn't actually go to a Braxis. I, I, when of... I, I was a Braxis kid. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was considered at-risk youth. I was, I was very close to failing, failing out of high school. I went to an alternative program that was more like a homeschool program, 
where I was able to study on my own so I can make up credits. And yeah, yeah. There's a lot of turmoil in my life during, during high school. And, you know, w- once I was able to actually do it on my own and be out of that environment and, and kind of like take the, take the ropes off the system and just do it myself. That's when my mind opened up to the fact that like, Oh, I'm much better on my own than I am inside the system. I should stop trying to force myself in this lane and just kind of explore what it is that I, that I want to do. So, you know, that I went to Poway high school. Really? Um, back when there were, you know, horses and carriages. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I graduated in 1980, right? So Abraxas was a- around back then. Yeah. Abraxas' reputation was, if you yeah. can't make it in height, that's where we just send all the shitheads, right? We just yeah. Send, yeah. can't handle it in life. And they'd go to school four hours and they all smoked and took drugs. And this is their reputation, not that they did that. Um, it ended up later, it started to be more of a, if a family member, if a kid needed to help out the family and, you know, with income, that was an easier way for them to get their education and they could work more hours. Right. Yeah. There was many restrictions on stuff. But when I was working with Rebecca, who, you know, with the Knights of Columbus, I was completely surprised to find out there's homeless kids at Abraxas. Yeah. And in Poway, in this high, you know, it's not all high level incomes and things like that, but higher than, you know, probably the average in San Diego County. Yeah, it's not, it's not expected. It, it almost makes it worse because uh, there's a lot of the community that, that doesn't, doesn't understand that there is real hardship in Poway and right, that, right. that a lot of students are affected by real hardship. And it's like, God, oh, happened here? No, it would never happen here. But, but, but like, it, it almost makes it worse that people don't necessarily understand that yeah, they there's don't. real they hardship think. in that city. So yeah. I was, uh, so we did what we could do. Um, financially we weren't really prepared to be in the on hand stuff like that but i did talk to the principal at one time about do they they used to have this woman's day or something where a gal would come yeah. in like a professional and we talked yeah. about doing that on the men's side of things and i yeah. think the principal changed and it never came to fruition but um yeah i was blown away at that and you have to imagine just think in a lower income area if we have this problem in poway what problems are they having and here's, and here's the thing, and I've told you this before. I, everybody I meet, I love. There's something about everybody I meet yeah. that I can draw out and just, I love, I'm either envious of, that they can do it, like my grandson can draw, right? I can't draw a straw barely. <laughs> but he can, in his mind, he can just draw something on, and I'm like, oh my God, I have a couple kids like that too. And there's no lack of intelligence with these kids. Right, no, no, I mean, and that's the thing, is that, you know, most of them are, are incredibly intelligent. Most right. of them are incredibly, are, I mean, I, all of them have their gift. They're just similar to me, you know, that they, they don't fit into, into the nice little golden slot that we try to make all kids fit into, or they, they don't have the resources or they don't necessarily have the, the environment that's super conducive and, and super, you know, helps them be able to actually do schoolwork. And that's a lot of what that school provides is much more flexibility, a lot more emotional support, uh, just more supports, so that the kids that need more support can get it. And it doesn't mean they're any, any more or any less, you know, qualified to do anything. They're just in a different, in a different road, just like me. Well, and I think resources is a great word to use. Um, and, you know, the education system is, is exactly the same, except for technology as it was mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. Well, the what's, curriculum. There's a, there's an obvious problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm not Absolutely. a kid anymore. Right. It's been a long time. And it was exactly the same 25, 30 years before I was in that situation. We, we really need to revamp this education system. And I have these conversations with people all the time. 
And yeah. I don't know the answer. I don't, you need way smarter people than me to figure out how to revamp that system. But we're definitely, um, there's getting, there's kids being left behind. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Of economics or anything like that. It's just the way your mind thinks, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about throwing away calculators, throwing away math yeah. because a kid's got a calculator in their hand. One of the yeah. most powerful tools in the world in their hand. And I'm not sure if that's the answer could be, but well, that's, that's, and, and that impressed me about you out of the gates that Thank you. you were helping these kids out because they're going to listen to you more than, you know, they would listen to me about something like that. Well, I mean, dude, they're, they're, they're helping me, you know, like yeah, the life experience that, that all kids really carry and, and the, the environment that they're growing up in, into and, and, you know, the, the fact that the educational system hasn't changed and we're not, we're not adequately preparing our kids for the world. A lot of the things that I, I, I graduated high school, but I haven't used any of the things that I graduated high school with. Yeah. You know, me, I mean, meanwhile, I have, a, I have an opportunity meanwhile. and I can't say too much about it because it's not to get into this uh, arena, right. With talking to people, talking to families about um, communication within the household, mm -hmm. uh, confidence, getting those kids confidence built up, um, not making those excuses. So it's, it's coming, it could be here in about three or four months and I'll get, keep you posted offline with that. But it's exciting to me because, you know, communication is so important in, in everything, right? Business, personal life, kids, everything. I've told you stories about my kids where I've not communicated perfectly and created more of a problem than if I would just would have been taking a deep breath or something. It's writing that email back, right? The one where you, you get an email and you go, oh, that son of a bitch. And you start typing and you go, wait, give me two hours before I send, hit that send button. Sure. For sure. Kind of rethink that. And I think a lot of times, you know, we need to learn more about what, what I find with kids these days. They have, they have much more, I don't know if it's their life is more of a value, but they're more interested in helping people than we were. Without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, they're, much, they're, much, they're much more. I, I want to say that the newer gen, the younger generation is much more open-minded that mm -hmm. they, they, they see a lot of the darkness and chaos in the world. They see a lot of the discrimination and, and stereotypes and all the things that, that have hurt people and they don't, they don't want to hurt people. And I think that that that's such a massive strength of that generation sure. and finding ways to be able to channel that into truth and into, into goodness is, is something that, you know, we, we talk about the younger generation being lazy, but it's just, different it's not it's not the fact that they're lazy they they probably just don't see the the motivation and going to work for 40 hours a week for nothing you know which i mean everybody can debate about what they may or may not be thinking but i hope that we look at the strengths and the weaknesses of the younger generation not just what we want them to be shoving them into that hole yeah i mean listen when i was a kid there was lazy asses right my dad just called them dumb asses right that's in every generation. That's in every age group. There's just people that aren't going to do anything. Talk about that action about manifesting. They will, people will literally sit on their couch and wait. For yeah. To knock on that door to offer yeah. a job instead of getting out yeah. there and asking. Um, Absolutely. But, and so I come, I fall kind of in the middle where I'm, I'm definitely more open-minded and my kids have, have uh, verified that. However, I don't think you can have a lawless society either, you know, you got to right. have some rules, right? Um, I think some people are taking to others, and it, it's just, and that never goes away, by the way. Every generation has these things going on, but 
I definitely see kids requiring less, um, and, and we've had this conversation before, requiring less um, tangible things, right? Yeah. They're more interested yeah. in a good relationship than a new car, right? So. 100%. And I, and I think that's beautiful. And I think that I, I, what I'm hoping that, that my education and where I hope that education moves towards is giving them more tangible skills to be able to translate into the real world. You know, the fact that we have, that we have this thing, that we have this, these phones to be able to communicate, that we have this laptop where we're recording this, this interview that's going to be distributed to who knows who's going to hear it, who knows what opportunity could come from that. We need to be able to educate our youth to be able to see those opportunities. Everything that I've built has been off the back of the internet. The fact that you can send one message to one person. I mean, I, I have stories all day long. I sent a, a random message on Instagram to somebody in 2017, which turned into them. They actually made a speaking event around me and my cause and donated a ton of money to us because I sent one random message on this magical little box that sent over the airwaves to another person. They received it and they set up an entire speaking event for me. Yeah. I think that more people need to understand or more people need to be shown at least the the opportunity that exists on on the platforms that we all use every single day. Like it can be used for escapism and and being lazy and just getting you know not using it in a constructive way, or it can be used for incredibly constructive, life changing, world changing things. And sure. I, I wish there was more of that in education as opposed to what what the Pythagorean theorem can do for you. You know. Well, and one of those talking about this thing that's possibly going to manifest itself in the future is. Um, teaching kids human skills. Absolutely. How to talk to each other without the phone. Mm -hmm. How to talk to, I'll just call them adults. But you know what? I think adults need to learn how to talk to kids too, to be honest with you. Absolutely. I think and I think, I don't think this has ever gone away. I think, uh, I don't mean adults because a lot of them are adults. The older generation needs to stop being so rude to younger generation, right? Assuming that they know what they're doing with their life or on a phone or whatever. I mean, I have, um, I went through that when I was younger where I got disrespected by older people in business because I wasn't their age. Well, that was yeah. stupid as shit. I'd learned everything they learned, probably right. more at a lot of levels. Um, and I always thought that, and I always got that, well, you're too young, you don't understand. I'm like, yeah, I kind of do, by the way. I'm a pretty common sense <laughs> guy. My parents were, you know, good at common sense. So yeah, I, I, it's just a generation gap, I guess you can call it, the communication gap, but we need to fix well, it. it and, and I mean, I think we're all struggling to understand how much the world has changed in the last 20 years. Oh, sure. It, we've never, I mean, if you want to talk about the biggest shift in communication in such a short period of time, I mean, the, the phone, the touchscreen, social media, the FaceTimes, the Zooms, the Bluetooth, the Wi-Fi, all of that came in 20 years changed the entire landscape of how we did business education everything morphed and we're still sitting around saying oh well you know you need to do it the way it was always done like, it's it just it's not the same no. nothing's the same i had uh so in 1992 i went to work for a company that the guy says look i know you're stuck in traffic pretty often let me put a car phone in your car <laughs> i had to clean out my trunk <laughs> put this box in my car and it was wired in, right? And I was with LA Cellular. I can remember that. Uh, it was cool. I mean, it was, and it worked fairly well. But fast forward to now, right? I mean, yeah. crazy what I've seen change in my life with uh, the way we communicate and things like that. And, you know, it's last year, everybody was talking about how shitty. I'm sick of Zoom meetings. I'm Zoomed out. This is the best thing in the world, dude. I was on a, yeah. a Zoom last week. I was talking to a guy in New York, one in 
uh, Wisconsin, yeah. another gal in Florida, and one girl in Georgia. I mean, I was shit, man. I'll never stop using Zoom after this if if we get back to some kind of normality. Dude, what what I, what I always tell my kids, we take this for granted all the time. The fact that for like not a hundred bucks for a website, but but nothing for Instagram for free, that you could pop up a virtual store and you can sell shoes or all the old stuff in your house to somebody in Delaware and through like that they can send you money over over the airwaves. It will, it will come to you and then you can put that product on a truck and it will be shipped out to them and you can have that communication. I always tell my kids, if you wanted to start, if you wanted to do that exact same thing in 1990, how the hell would you have done? Yeah. What, what are you going to call your friends? Call up Stacy and say, hey, I, I got some stuff I want to sell. Do you know anybody that wants to buy it? Yeah, I think Greg does. Give him a call. And then you call Greg and Greg doesn't want it. And then if, if by some miraculous thing, then you then you made a little bit of money, but then you had to drive the thing to them. You had to get the cash. You had it, there was no way that you could have you could have yeah. done this, and we do it now in thirty seconds. I can post something for thousands of people to see, to be able to sell or do business, commerce, sell a T-shirt, publish a podcast. Like, good lord, Dude, I'm getting so spoiled. <laughs> I was I had yeah. to buy, we had to buy some things for the house, and I'll go on Amazon and hit the Prime button, and if it doesn't come up in Prime, it ain't getting bought. And the reason yeah. is I want it tomorrow, right? And I'm like, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, I today, this it. morning, I bought I bought shelves for the wall behind me. They're going to be here this afternoon. I know something I today. bought yesterday wasn't going to come to Monday, and I'm like, no, it's unacceptable. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, let's keep going on a couple notes that I had here. Sure. Um, you know, I have this great thing, and I was talking to this life coach earlier today. I think I used to start this one talk I, for the Chamber of Commerce. I would always start it off with a big slide, a PowerPoint slide that said, what if, right? If you ask yourself what if enough, your mind will actually answer yourself. It's a physiological fact yeah. that it will answer yourself. And I don't know yeah. if we answer that enough. You know, what if I was thinner? What if I was faster? What if I had more money? What if I lived here, there, whatever? And I don't know. I, I kind of get into that mind game thing a little bit. You probably noticed that I. Oh, so I much. Think so much. I think it's everything. Yeah, because you can wake up. I mean, you can have those days, and Tony Robbins used to say, you know how you how you change your life, you just and then you change your thoughts. Well, it might not be that crazily easy, but you know, the difference between getting up with the sun shining and getting up when it's cloudy, you know, if you don't like clouds, yeah. is is it can run your whole day, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is what we do in schools, at work, things like that. We don't, we're not starting those kids' days off. We're not we're not using those positive uh, things that we have inside of us to get those things moving. You know, it's always sure. so much negativity. Look at the media the last, you know, year. I mean, <laughs> For the entirety of its that existence. Half, yeah. <laughs> that half these politicians, which could be true, are just want to kill people. Right? They just want to go out and stab people in the neck. And listen, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to talk about politics because it's just been crazy. This this year, in my 58 years of life, I've never seen anything like this in the media and things like that. And it, it's to the point where I can't believe anything. Well, yes, I agree. I think the latest stat on like how many – the percentage of people that believe what's happening in the mainstream media is like high 30s or low 40s. It's not – Crazy. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's ridiculous how much people don't believe in the media. But I, I'm also seeing this other phenomenon, especially in the older, older generations that, I, that I'd love to chat with you about is that 
there, there are lots of formidable adult people, 40 plus, 30 plus, 50 plus that have a house, have kids, have a car, houses paid off that are, that are, you know, somewhat formidable figures of society. You know, they, they have their life together, quote unquote. And I see them neglecting so many things in their life that they could be cleaning up or that they could be doing only to be so worried about what's happening at this macro level of politics. They're neglecting their relationship with their wife. They're neglecting their relationship with their kids. They're getting angry about all of the things that are happening out in the ether. I mean, I understand politics is not the ether and that it, that it affects us, but it's almost like a rationalization for them not to confront the problems in their own life, but to, to put that off onto, well, Trump or Biden or, or COVID. And, and, and there, meanwhile, there's so many things in our individual lives that we could be taking care of to be able to make ourselves formidable enough to be, to be heard in life. That's what I always tell kids. Cause I, I get in conversations with kids about the environment or how terrible everything is or what's on the mainstream media or racism, black lives matter. And it's like, yeah, sure. All those things are true. And a lot of them are terrible, but the, I think the best thing that we can do is make ourselves as educated and formidable and like get our act together as much as we possibly can. So when we do go speak, we're not just another random voice that, you know, like, who are you, who are you to say anything? You are somebody who has some esteem to you, somebody who has some status to you. And I, I think I'm seeing people put the problem, put off their problems to be, try to address the problems of the world. And it's like, wait, wait, you gotta like, gotta clean up your house first. <laughs> well, and you know, what's a real honest answer as far as I'm concerned is we didn't do shit for 40 years. Yeah. All this stuff happened now and now we're embarrassed. We created yeah. this, by the way. My generation <laughs> created this. When I, I say I you, think- uh, I used to go to school. I did a lot of work with schools when the kids were little, right? I'd always, I was in the dad's clubs. I was in all these things, you know, and I'd look at these beautiful children, just happy and everything. And by the time they're in middle school, they're just assholes. And I'm like, they didn't, <laughs> that was a parents. Yeah. That's putting them into thing. that. And, yeah. you, and you'd see the parents <clears throat> start getting divorced and start doing things. They shouldn't be not cleaning up their house, right. Mess, messing yeah. up their house. And then, this their product was these kids that were not superstars or they're not to be superstars, but even good citizens. Yeah. And they, cause they did it. And listen, our parents, the, you know, I don't know, we did our kids a huge injustice by not being a little more disciplined with our kids mm. and paying mm. attention and getting involved in politics and all that. And I'm, I'm no different, dude. When I, if it wasn't for Trump, I probably never would have gotten so involved in politics, at least reading about it and stuff. Not because I yeah. love the guy, just because because yeah, the media exploded. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, maybe I should look into this and read up on this. And what you find is that, you know, you got the right and you got the left. And most of it, most of the truth falls right in the middle, right? Where, mm-hmm. But I think that uh, that generation you're speaking of is embarrassed that they let this happen. You know? Yeah, yeah, I... I... I really I admire the accountability because I, I think there's an incredible lack of accountability in, 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 in the older generation and the parenting towards the kids. And I don't, I mean, obviously no, it was nobody's intention, right? Nobody, that was not how they saw their life going. It wasn't like, this is the plan. We're going to, we're going to do these things to our kids so that they end up in, in a certain way. It was nobody's plan, but at the same time, like the, the, the lack of accountability or just the, the overall, like we're all on the same team here. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's something that that really sticks in my head is like whether we're this generation or this generation or this political affiliation or this skin color we are all on the same team and and, and we all want the same thing and it with two i know i have two failed marriages before i met my current yeah. wife which i i think i might have the best marriage i've ever been around now yeah yeah but that i had guilt right for my kids yeah, i had to live through that and um yeah. 
then you try to manage that guilt and sometimes you go overboard and now you're enabling right so you have to and i and i'm and i'm not saying that's just our generation it happened before well what happened before is we just tell our wives to shut the hell up right the generation before me is you don't have a speaking place right and here I end up with seven daughters, and I'm like, uh, Ed, you're a male chauvinist. Really? Really? <laughs> I'm a male chauvinist with seven daughters that are all doing very well, all successful at whatever they're doing. Um, sure. I, I don't have that at all. And then I grew up in a colorful area. We'll just say it that way. Every race and everything. And when I moved to Poway, it was a very different life for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel like I have those prejudices and things because I, I just we just never saw any of that. Yeah, I think it's important to realize that like, no matter what color you are, no matter what income range you're in, if you really believe in the United States or the world or or people as a whole, then you wouldn't want anybody losing. You wouldn't want to see anybody who's addicted on the street living living homelessly. You don't want to see that. If you if you truly care about everybody, it doesn't matter. We're all on the same team. We're all we're all in this thing together. It doesn't matter which range or which color you are. Every player should have a fair shot. Every player should have the resources they deserve. But I would say this, and, and I'll be honest about this. I don't know the struggles of different races and the struggles of women because I'm not a woman and I'm not sure. different races. I'm, I'm happy to listen and then try to understand and make and try to make things better in what I can control. Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't understand a lot of it because I didn't have to put up with it. So I don't know if that's, I don't know, I'm not guilty about that, but I just would rather have somebody give me good information. And there, well, again, with the these groups that came out last year, it was the far right and the far left, and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, like I said. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it was a, I've never, so I grew up, um, you know, I went through Rodney King thing, I went through a couple of things yeah. in San Diego, stuff like that, but this last year was was crazy. I mean, yeah, I the, the, the way I see it is that, I mean, the, the only thing that we all have in common is that we're all experiencing incredible pain. So at the end of the day, my pain is going to be different than yours. However, it works out, but we're all going to experience incredible pain. And if we can learn to listen to each other's pain and not judge it and be like, well, it's because you're that way or it's because you're a part of that group. It's, it's just a matter of, no, I want to help. We're on the same team. I want to help. I hear, I hear what it is that you're going through. It's, it's valid. How can we? How can we give you support? How can we give you resources? How can we help you move through that thing? So, kind of backing up to us parents. So, when my kids were in a private, my three little kids, my oldest ones were in. A, when I got divorced, they were in a private school down in San Diego, like in North Park, Hillcrest area, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lutheran school. And I can remember the kids going to. You know, I'd get there, and they were all walking hand in hand, right? All the kids, twenty-five kids, going to the auditorium or something. And I, I swear, I remember this. I looked at these kids in all different colors, all different races, everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, we teach, we teach kids to be prejudiced. These kids didn't mm. give two shits. Right? They yeah. didn't care. Yeah. Susie and, blah, blah, blah. and they just, and I'm like, oh, my God, we definitely teach. And that was back to the, you know, we teach mm. our kids to be shitheads. They don't just, they're not, <laughs> but he's born with a good heart. We change that heart as we go along. And. Mm. And a lot of those kids that at Abraxas, if they're different in any way or whatever, whatever reason they're there, they had some circumstances in their life that were not in their control. Yeah, right? yeah, one hundred percent. And and those are only the kids that make it to Abraxas. There are a lot of kids at every single school 
that have the same circumstances that's a good that, point. that don't get the, don't get the treatment they deserve yeah. that, that don't get the guidance they deserve that don't have the resources they deserve and they never get noticed they never they never have a counselor come talk to them and say hey are you what's going on and i mean it exists it exists everywhere regardless this, of color regardless of location great, regardless of whatever great youtube video called the bar stool and the and the church pew you got to look mm-hmm. it up it's about 4 minutes long and it's a great story about just how people are treated in different places, right? And and the guy ends up going back to the bar stool and saying, look, when I'm here, I feel welcome. And everybody talks to me and says hello, but I go to the church pew and I'm getting judged and I'm getting this and that. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, I know. I wish I could fix all this, uh, of course, but I'm, I'm doing my part, right? I'm trying to get these podcasts out and, and talk yeah. about just wrapping my arms around people and saying, hey, it's going to be all right. I don't care. Yes. You, yeah. But you got to address it. You got to take some action. You got to, you got to do something um, and, you know, get that mind open a little bit. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's, that's all we can do. You know what I mean? I think that the, the idea is to help people be able to use their pain to be able to, to take, take whatever it is and say like, because of this thing, I'm going to move in a different direction. And I, I was very blessed to have that realization at a, at a relatively young age of like, seeing the path that my life was meant to go and and kind of like seeing statistically if you were to bet on me just objectively where i should have ended up and be like ah oh, i'm not i'm not going to go that direction because of this because of this thing i'm not going to go that way and i think Dude, that one of these guys i met on this uh, on this zoom meeting last week was born and raised in south chicago mm-hmm. and uh you could tell his kids a little hard right he's going to be on our, my podcast and yeah. he uh they ended up him and some other people ended up buying a a studio lot up in LA and they rent it out for commercials and movie things and stuff. And I was so impressed with this kid. Like I am with you yeah. and other kids that I meet because he's like, look, if I would have stayed there, I'd be dead. Yep. You know, he says, I saw stuff that you never even seen on TV. And I'm like, I, I know, and I don't want to know, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's, there's, there's a good path, right? You can always pick a good path. And as things like this, I always remember you telling me with the podcast, I said, hey, should I do this? You're like, there's no rules that just do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. right? And I love that yeah. because this so it gives a lot of people a forum, right? Or a, mm-hmm. a way to express themselves or whatever they want to do. For sure. So, yeah, this kid was, was hard. So before we get off here, I want you to tell us about your business because you need sure. to make money too to eat. And I, I'm sure you get paid, but Abraxas <laughs> selling you out, you know, yeah well i mean bags um, of gold i would imagine so i i i run a media creation team marketing team that that can create anything involved with social media or digital marketing we have some we have clients all the way from the high roller la business influencers to small nonprofits in poway and san diego um that is a really important company because it it provides it provides support to nonprofits to help them in their marketing too um that 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 business is is how I make my money. That's how I how I fund all the things. I mean, I spent I spent the last two years of two three four years of my life building my nonprofit and make, making next to no money for long long periods of time and really having to rethink my game. And and as philanthropic as I am, and as much as I want to be able to help you, you I need my bills to be paid so that I can I can go do the work that I need to do. Sure. Um, what I, what I'm really interested in people people knowing about though is the education that I'm providing. Um, I'm going to be providing it privately 
through my foundation. We're, we're doing some, some really incredible things to be able to provide real entrepreneurship education, um, opportunity education to youth uh, all over the country at some point, but locally here in San Diego in two different school districts, two different parents. Um, we, have a, we have a price split model. So what we're doing is we're doing paid, paid um, classes and paid apprenticeships and mentorships for parents that are having their kids being being educated by a team of professional entrepreneurs. And in turn, what we're doing is we're going to be able to give away scholarships to more at-risk, lower-income populations for kids to be able to come and get access to my education, to my team, to the mentorship, to the resources, to the classes, to the education and the information. So we'll have two programs, one that you can pay to have your kid put into, and then one that we'll be giving away scholarships. And obviously the paid programs fund the scholarships for the for the lower-income lower range and at-risk youth to be able to, to see what's possible in the world. You know, like, I really believe that with, with prison recidivism, with, with the crime rates, with, with the amount of drugs that are being dealed, I really believe that if you, if you took that same guy or girl and you gave them an education or showed them an opportunity where it's like, hey, you can make money that will sustain you and you'll, this is something you'll actually enjoy as opposed to dealing drugs or stripping or starting an OnlyFans is your only option. I really believe that if they saw a better path that they would take it it's an educational failure because we don't educate towards opportunity. We educate towards whatever the system is right now. So when they come out of school underprepared, they look at the world and they go, oh, shit, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they have less options than they deserve. So they pick the less great option because they don't necessarily understand the landscape of the world. They haven't shown alternative paths. And that's honestly, that's my passion right now. That is, that is where I'm moving my business. That's where I'm moving my energy. I love doing marketing. I love doing video production. I love doing all those things. I'm happy to do it, but the education is what is really, really calling me forward right now. Are you all um, self-taught on the technology part? Did you learn most of that on your own? One, 100% yes. Yeah, I thought so. Um, which I'm doing too. Well, obviously I have people like you, I can call and ask questions. Dude, but... YouTube is more powerful than school. I'm just, <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. sorry. It is. It is. You, YouTube, for you to be able to, to learn anything on the internet, and if you, if you have the gumption to apply it to real life and actually learn it, I mean, it's being reflected in the world. There are major CEOs who are stepping out and saying that they would rather see what you've done in the world, what you've created, than who, what, what school you went to or what education you have or what diploma you have. They're real CEOs, Amazon, Apple, huge companies that are saying, we would rather see what you've actually learned and what you've done as opposed to what piece of paper you hold. Like, that's such a big statement. Yeah. And you need to meet the people that I'm possibly aligning with, and we'll do that offline. Yeah, um, I'd love to. And, you know, I, I had this note that was interesting to me. I think you'd find it interesting. I said, what message are you sending to people when you meet, when you meet them, you know? What's the message you're sending? Because in sales, anybody, I mean, you, you go up to somebody and of course, I mean, I'm got, I got tattoos all over <laughs> myself. When I walk up to somebody, depending on how I'm dressed sometimes, I could send the wrong message to a customer, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't have tattoos or anything, but, uh, but this is where that human, that interaction where we need to teach everybody really, not just kids, believe me, there's a lot of adults that are dumbasses that don't know how to talk to people too. A lot yeah, of people, yeah. not adults, but older people. And I always think about that, what people think when they, when I approach them. And, and if I can sit with somebody for a few minutes, I can bring that whole anxiety level down, right? Because they're like, yeah. oh, Ed's, he's harmless, you know, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. But I remember Kathy Peterson, she said she wouldn't talk to me for like three mixers because 
I would come in there and if I wasn't wearing a hat, you know, I'm bald too. Mm-hmm. And I got these tattoos. I'd stand against the wall on my phone with a bad look on my face. Mm-hmm. And she would say, you like scare people, you intimidate people. Mm-hmm. So I had to start smiling. I'd go, hey, how you guys <laughs> You've got to soften your face up. Right. It takes a whole different, <laughs> whole different look. Yeah. But I think this is something we need to teach. You know, so Carson, my grandson, is uh, 13. He's a handshaker. He'll look you in the eye when he's talking to you. Mm-hmm. He's generally dressed pretty nice because we can do that. And um, he's a very good communicator at his age, but I see other kids with their heads down and things like that. And it, I think that's that confidence thing, right? Mm-hmm. Your neck is like on a confidence hinge, you know, mm-hmm. it's always been like this if you're not confident and up here when you are. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know why I made that statement to you, but I just thought it was interesting about those messages. And so this is important when you're doing these podcasts too. When I'm listening to some other ones, I'm like, first of all, everybody's a goddamn expert on everything. I never met so many experts in my life till I look, start listening to podcasts. <laughs> it's impossible to have that many experts in anything. Yes. And it's always their way or the highway, right? There's no other way to do things, especially in sales is the weirdest one because sales is so subjective, right? It's so many yes. different ways you can go in sales and be successful or not, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. I think the way, the way I think about the expert thing is, is I'm completely the opposite. Um, I don't know a damn thing and that every, I mean, I don't think anybody knows what they're doing. Really. I think nobody is an expert. I think that there can be experts in things like plumbing because it's physics and there's a way to do it. But when it comes to anything related to human beings, nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Everybody, it, it changes so much every single day based on the world, what they have for breakfast. Like nobody knows what they're doing. So the best thing you can do is try to figure out the, what works best in that moment, but to, to you go into that open mind as an expert. Yeah, it's proclaim yourself say, hey, as an expert. I'm just trying to make money off people. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, man. Did we cover everything? I could talk to you for like three hours, but... Dude, I'm, I'm chilling, man. I, if it, we, we, we can wrap it up. We can keep going, whatever you want. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll keep going for a few minutes. Um, what else is new? What's up? What else is going on? And how's your partner doing? Is she doing good? She's doing good. She's doing good. I'm, I'm blessed to have a, have a business partner. You know, it, she's... She's the creative, creative back end that, that rounds out everything. You know, I, I did business myself. I actually lost my first business partner because I, uh, I move incredibly fast in business. I'm constantly looking for opportunity. I don't really care if I make mistakes. Yeah. I don't, I think that the fastest way to like get myself out of my head and, and not slow myself down is to just keep doing it and see what happens and see what the world says and just don't judge the process. And I, I actually lost my first business partner because I was just going too fast and I, I wasn't communicating properly. I wasn't. I wasn't doing the things that I, that I should have been doing to like make sure that everybody was on the same page, but I didn't, I didn't really know either. And, um, working with her is, is, is such a gift. She keeps the back end of the business together. She, she keeps my head together. You know, it's, it's nice to have somebody to be able to, to bounce your ideas off of and just, just know that you're not, you're not insane. You know, the whole entrepreneurship thing, like I love it so much, but man, is there a lot of doubt and and questioning and just, just horrific, like, if you get in your head, you're, you're screwed. It's, oh, and it's, that it's was journey. That is, you know, during this process when we were selling the house and everything, I got that in my head a couple of times and I'm like, hold on, what the yeah. hell are you doing? You just, you're doing all this for a reason because, you know, it, and thinking this way, it's very different than thinking traditional job, right? Where I'm just, yes. I have to go tomorrow at eight o'clock and I leave at 12, you know, it's just, right. The, it's, it's um, empowering and kind of enlightening, but it's scary too. Yeah, right. absolutely. I mean, to make money too. Yeah, but you know, you can make a million dollars tomorrow. You can make zero, 
And that's exciting and terrifying all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I just think that if I don't recreate myself, then I'm just going to, I'm just dead, right? It's just like, you know, I got nowhere else yeah. to go. So I'm going to yeah. have to just rebrand and go for it, right? I have all yeah. the people I need behind me. I have the support. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's fun and scary, like you said, at the same time. Yeah. Well, I, I wish you, I wish you the best of luck, man. Yeah, I mean, I'll figure out something out. Like I told my wife, we'll either be living in a trailer next year or looking at a new house. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how bad either way, it'll be. Either way, it'll be good. You know, I used to always think about when I was when I was a kid growing up in this really bad neighborhood. We had our house was crappy and everything, and got, like older guys would like sit on the porch. They had porches where I grew up, and sit usually on a step, and they'd be drinking like forties or whatever. And I'm like, these guys were all happy, right? I mean, they're yeah. It, my perception was they're laughing and we're joking yeah. and they're making fun of us, which means they like us and <laughs> all that. And I'm thinking, well, is that the worst thing in the world is to sit around, right. you know, um, and laugh and, you know, yeah. Whatever. Our fear of the change is usually also always worse than the actual change. You know, you're so much more scared of just the change than what the change is going to be. Right. Yeah. So I could always go to New Orleans to live with my, my, we joked to my daughter. I said, I'm just going to build, put a slab on the side of your house and park my trailer here. So like, <laughs> let me know when to build the slab. I'm like, all right. Well, I hope you, I hope you keep us all updated on the journey, man. Yeah, I will. And uh, I really appreciate you doing this for me. I, I can't, um, I probably wouldn't, this probably Anytime. wouldn't happen without you because uh, when I was able to come, when I came back from that trip and, and hit you up immediately and you're always responsive and I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I'm not done with yeah. your technical abilities. I still need questions answered but um, i'm around for, I'm doing around is, whatever you need yeah i've been doing this on zoom on mine and uh, so i have a background so i have a green screen but i just ordered some banners so i don't have to use a green yeah. screen every time so i overcame that little hiccup that i kept stressing nice. about that you're like just i can do it with a green screen <laughs> <does it> <laughs> i but, think that's my that's my same that's my same advice to everybody is don't think about it just do it you know, yeah, it's, I think the I think. first one's always going to suck. And the only way it's not going to suck is if you just get the shitty ones out of the way. That's All, it. Right. All right. Name of your company again is Stigma Solutions. The name of the foundation is the Your Truth Foundation. Uh, my best way to reach me is probably Instagram at Matt Byrne underscore O-W-O, M-A-T-T-B-U-R-N underscore O-W-O. Nice. Cool. All right, brother. I really appreciate it. All right. I'm going to click off this recording and I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye, everybody. All right. Later.